0: On today's episode, I will discuss whether Lucas Reichel did enough to get an A in his season recap segment, and also if Matthew Wood could be a prospect the Blackhawks are interested in in the 2023 NHL draft. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, just a reminder that you could subscribe or follow along to the show for free wherever. You may be listening to your podcast and also on YouTube. Please make sure to go and do that real quick if you haven't done so already. It helps me out tremendously, and that way you can also get the latest episode as soon as it's available each and every day. All right, good morning, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks, and thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. Sorry, I'm still trying to get comfortable here in my chair this morning, Um, but to kick things off on the show here, uh, I figured... It would be a fun way to start off today's episode with a little bit of an update out of the 2023 Memorial Cup. And on yesterday's episode, I had talked about how Seattle and the Kamloops Blazers had a big tilt coming up on Wednesday night to determine who secures their spot into the Memorial Cup semifinal. And as it turns out, it wound up being a little bit more important and significant than anyone had anticipated because The Peterborough Peets, the champions of the OHL, despite dropping their first two games to Kamloops and Seattle, they were 0-2 going up against the 2-0 Quebec Remparts. They actually found a way to defeat Patrick Waugh in Quebec on Tuesday night. So that put a little bit more pressure uh, onto both the Seattle Thunderbirds and the Kamloops Blazers because rather than both those teams advancing into the semifinal, had Peterborough lost to Quebec, uh, now the loser of that matchup will have to face Peterborough for that second semifinal spot. But fret not, Blackhawks fans. No worries here because the wagon that is the Seattle Thunderbirds absolutely buzzsawed through the Kamloops Blazers here tonight, or last night, I guess I should say, as they did uh, throughout the regular season and in the WHL playoffs, defeating them 6-1 to to punch their ticket into the Memorial Cup semifinal, taking a little bit of weight off their shoulders and also giving them... An extra day of rest going into the semifinal, but a big 6-1 victory for the Thunderbirds. Their offense came alive and got some contributions from a couple of Blackhawks prospects. Kevin Korchinski picked up a primary assist on Seattle's fourth goal of the game. That put them ahead 4-1 in the third period. And then Colton Dock actually had a nice power move to the net with a, a strong finish as well to pick up his first goal of the tournament in the third period as well. Some good work by a couple of Hawks prospects there late to help secure the victory and yeah a very big win for the Thunderbirds they'll now face off with the winner of the Kamloops Blazers versus the Peterborough Pete's those two teams as I've already mentioned have faced each other once already here in the Memorial Cup and I believe uh Kamloops buzzsawed through them with an 8-3 to victory but as uh as Peterborough showed in that matchup on Tuesday night with uh with Quebec, they're not going to go down without a fight here. So that's going to be a very intriguing matchup coming tomorrow night. And then the, uh, the Thunderbirds will face the winner of that game in the semifinal on Friday. The championship game, the champion will be crowned on Sunday. It's to be determined who's going to wind up facing Patrick Waz Quebec, Remparts. But hopefully it's Kevin Korchinski, Colton Doc, Nolan Allen, and the Seattle Thunderbirds. I also wanted to mention real quick that the Chicago Blackhawks, there's some things going on around the team right now, but not in terms of on the ice or anything involving their players or anything that involves hockey actually. Uh, But there was a a report that came out recently from uh, what was it? The block club of Chicago um, announcing that a $65 million expansion to their practice facility, fifth third arena in downtown Chicago is going to be coming soon, which for those of you out there who have, uh been to Fifth Third Arena. It's already a pretty impressive facility of its own. It's actually one of like my favorite things to do is to go walk into Fifth Third Arena and go and watch the Blackhawks in training camp or practice. Sadly, we won't be watching them for development camp later on this summer as the club announced that uh that will Uh, include only off-ice activities, which I'm a little disappointed about. One of my highlights of the summer, walking on down through a nice Chicago afternoon, stepping into the brisk Fifth Third Arena and watching hockey in the middle of July. I'm really going to miss that this year, but I am excited to hear that Fifth Third Arena is going to be getting another upgrade. I mean, seriously, for those of you out there who have not been to that facility, it is absolutely pristine but it sounds like it's going to be getting even better according to this article from block club chicago i might have um, misspoke about that earlier the plan is to expand the practice facility with two more hockey rinks for the blackhawks and club teams they're also going to be adding this is my favorite part maybe 180 more parking spots and uh going to Blackhawks practices is a little tough because there's just no available parking down there ever. And uh, the lot usually fills up quick. The parking around it uh, fills up quick. So to hear 180 more parking spots are going to be coming, put a big old smile on my face. Uh, They're also going to be adding uh, adding a park to the neighborhood and they're going to be putting some divvy stations there. So people can ride bikes to be able to transport to Blackhawks practice. So I think this is a really cool addition. That's going to be coming here to fifth third arena, Uh, The Blackhawks, I guess, got this land from Rush University Medical Center, the hospital down there in Chicago. They purchased, I believe, it's uh, 135,000 square inches of land. It was a half million dollar uh, purchase in order to get that space in this whole thing is expected to be completed in 2026. So a long ways down the road. I do wonder if this is going to impact the Blackhawks practicing there these next few years, if there's going to be a lot of construction and stuff going on. Um, So we'll see if there's any updates on that, by the way, this still uh, does need a final approval from the city council, but that purchase that the Blackhawks made from rush you to get that land has already been approved by the city council. So sounds like it's going to be happening at some point. Sounds like the Blackhawks practice facility is going to be uh, getting even more pristine, which I'm absolutely excited about. I know it's still three years down the road, but uh, something to look forward to certainly for all of us Blackhawks fans is the buzz around the Blackhawks is hopefully going to be a lot more stronger at that point than it has been the last few seasons. All right, Hawks fans, coming up in just a moment, I will get into our baby boy Lucas Reichel's 2022-2023 season recap segment. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals. The Denver Nuggets are taking on the Miami Heat. It's an incredible matchup that you don't want to miss out on. And that's because right now, new customers with FanDuel can get a no-sweat first bet up to 2000 Five hundred dollars. All you have to do is go to Fanduel.com/slash/lockdown. Go and place your first bet, and you'll get up to two thousand five hundred dollars back in bonus bets. That's if you don't win your bet. I've been riding hot recently with uh, Nikola Jokic and Jimmy Butler's over on three pointers. Been making a lot of money thanks to Fanduel here throughout the NBA postseason. And you don't want to miss out on the opportunity to get a no sweat first bet up to two thousand. when you join FanDuel today. All you got to do is go to fanduel.com slash lockdown to sign up. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick before I get into segment two, I know I'm having a lot of new listeners, a lot of new watchers here on YouTube. Please Real quick, do me a favor. If you haven't done it already, make sure to go and smash that like button down below on today's video. Comment as well about what you think of Lucas Reichel's season. Uh, Also, I'm going to be going over... Draft prospect Matthew Wood in the third segment. Go and let me know what you think of Matthew Wood down below as well. And make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to this, make sure you're following Lockdown Blackhawks 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. While you're at it, go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. I'm going to be having a giveaway coming up soon. One of the things you're going to have to do to qualify is follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. So just go and knock that out of the way right now. I greatly appreciate all of your support. All right, segment two. It's time to get into my next season recap segment here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Of course, that's going over none other than 21-year-old forward Lucas Reichel. 2020 first-round pick for the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, 17th overall selection has been the top forward prospect in the organization. You can make an argument for Frank the Tank Nazar. Um, But yeah, Lucas Reichel has kind of been the, the shining star of the Blackhawks prospect pool, even prior to this entire rebuilding process. Before Kyle Davidson came in, he was really like our one shining prospect to be excited about, obviously. And Um, made the jump overseas from overseas to North America last year, spent essentially the entire year at the AHL level, only got to play in 11 games with the Blackhawks. He actually burned the first year of his entry-level contract, which could have been intentional by GM Kyle Davidson in order to, uh, get that bridge deal or the second contract taken care of a little bit sooner and not have to worry about Reichel, maybe along the same time as some of the other prospects coming up in the organization, which I thought was really smart. But after, again, spending, you know, basically the entire first half with the Rockford Hawks again this season, putting up point per game numbers, down there for the second consecutive year and really leading the charge offensively. Although he did have a little bit more help this year, he was still just as consistent as he was in the year prior. And then in the second half of the season, the Blackhawks, as they started to trade away some pieces, some roster spots became available. It finally turned into the time to kind of take the training wheels off of Lucas Reichel, if you will, and kind of get him off the leash, let him be free and play consistent NHL action for more than just a, a two or three game span, right? It was really the first time Reichel was left alone for a, a pretty good stretch of games here with the Blackhawks. And he certainly did not disappoint. He looked like an absolutely brand new Lucas Reichel in that final stint that he had compared to what we had seen in the ones prior, just a lot more confident, a lot more assertive. The skating was supreme. The playmaking was dynamite. And once he kind of got that first NHL goal out of his way, then they started to pour in a little bit more and more and more and had a really impressive end of the season altogether. And I think all of us Blackhawks fans, if you watch what Lucas Reichel did in this most recent stint, you have to be excited about what this kid's future is going to look like, especially now that the Blackhawks are going to be adding Connor Bedard here in the not-so-distant future as well. Uh, I know Reichel only wound up playing in 23 games for the Blackhawks this season. I, I don't break down many guys who have this few games. My rule is usually... You got to play in at least a quarter of the games for the Blackhawks, and you got to finish the season with the team. Could have had so many more season recap segments, but quite honestly, I've been doing enough. I'm pretty happy there's only a couple more as we start to get into some of the bottom six guys and the players that didn't have as big of roles. Um, But getting into Reichel's numbers, I know he only played in 23 games, but put up some really impressive numbers thanks to... Uh, that final stint of his, he finished with seven goals and eight assists for 15 points, six penalty minutes, did have no power play goals, which to be fair, it isn't really his fault. I don't think Luke Richardson inserted him enough into the top man advantage. Maybe that was, you know, there there was a mindset behind that, or, or maybe there was a purpose and reasoning behind not putting Reichel with the top man advantage. It didn't really make sense to me, but I'm not the head coach of the Blackhawks and won't ever be a head coach at the NHL level or any professional hockey level. So Luke Richardson certainly knows better than I do, but I would like the hope to be for Lucas Reichel to get a lot more time on the top man advantage unit next season if he does, in fact, wind up being a full-time NHLer. I thought what was also impressive was that Reichel shot 16.7%. As I mentioned, um, once he finally got that first goal uh, out of his way and got the monkey off his back, if you will. It looked like that gave him confidence and a little bit more belief that he can be a good goal scorer at this level. In his first couple of stints, I thought he was really timid with the puck on his stick and probably passed up too many scoring opportunities. He still played good hockey and he still had a lot of good looks. It's just in comparison to the most recent stint, it was kind of, a, it looked like two different players almost, if you will. And I think confidence has a lot to do with that. Um, Reichel averaged 16 minutes and 22 seconds of time on ice played mostly a top six role up in the NHL which I thought was perfect that's what he has to, where he has to be in the lineup if you want him to be playing for the Blackhawks Um, an interesting thing to to note here is Reichel only took 13 face-offs in his 23 games with the Blackhawks and had been used mostly on the wing and kind of funny about this is Reichel was drafted as a winger when the Blackhawks picked him 17th in 2020, but then in his first season with Rockford and even in his last year with the DEL over in Germany, uh, he transitioned into center a little bit more. And then in his first year with Rockford, he played a lot down the middle. That's where he was this season once again but once the Blackhawks called him up they strictly used him at the wing for the most part and they even elected to go with Andreas Athanasiu at center over him and Athanasiu's never played center in his entire career at least to my knowledge so I think that kind of shows you at least at this point what the Blackhawks think about Lucas Reichel in terms of what position he's going to play and quite honestly he looked more comfortable on the wing which is a little bit odd given his skating abilities and the playmaker that he is but if that's what works, so be it. Counter-Bedard's likely, it's not guaranteed, but likely to play center for the Blackhawks in the future as well. So it probably doesn't hurt and probably honestly helps if Lucas Reichel is able to play the wing a little bit. Um, in terms of analytics, Reichel, pretty solid here. 46.3 Corsi, four percentage, not bad whatsoever on this Blackhawks team. He was also on the ice for 22 goals, four to 25 against at all situations. And, For a guy who played only 23 games to be on the ice for 22 goals, basically one goal a game, which, you know, was pretty impressive for this Blackhawks squad. Reichel was creating basically on a nightly basis when he was in the lineup, and those are the things you like to see. And One thing that also hurt him and a reason why he was on the ice for three more goals against is because his goaltenders had an 87.5 save percentage when he was out there on the ice. Now, maybe he has something to do with that and could be a little bit more defensively responsible, but the Blackhawks goaltenders um, weren't very good when Reichel was out there. He also was used mostly in an offensive situation. I think that's going to be the case for him throughout most of his career. 63.5 offensive zone start percentage. Wouldn't be shocked if that number is even a little higher in the future. One thing I did want to break down, and I've referenced this in Reichel's season recap, you can kind of break it into three stints because uh, his first game of the season was just a one game call up in December to play against the New Jersey Devils. I believe the Blackhawks got shut out in that game, if I recall correctly. So no points for Reichel in that one. Then he was recalled uh, on January 6th and stayed up for only six days until the 12th. Wound up playing in three games there and did score his first NHL goal and also added two assists. That all came in the same game. Against the Calgary Flames, who the Blackhawks really, uh, really hurt their playoff chances this year. Not only did they win that game in January, but they picked up big, picked up a big win late in the season up in Calgary as well, and they finished uh, just short of the uh, last wild card spot. But when Reichel did most of his damage, when he had basically all of his production was in that final 19 game span from March 2nd to April 8th, where the Blackhawks, as I said. Finally took the training wheels off a little bit in those 19 games. Lucas Reichel tallied six goals and six assists for 12 points, was playing marvelous hockey up there on the top line with Andreas Athanasiu. Those two established some really good chemistry together, and Reichel certainly left a lasting impression. He picked up eight points in his final eight games of the season before being demoted back down to Rockford to help them out on their postseason run. So taking all of this into consideration, I personally don't see how you can't give Lucas Reichel an A. I'm going to give Lucas Reichel an A. I think the progression, the development, the confidence, it it was so noticeable in that final stint, and that's kind of the Lucas Reichel we had all been hoping to see. But you got to remember, this kid – At the end of the season, he was still only 20 years old. He just turned 21 a couple of weeks ago. In fact, he came over. One thing that's forgotten about Lucas Reichel, when he was first drafted, he said he was going to spend two years in Germany before coming over, while he only spent one and came over a year early. So I know it doesn't seem like it at this point, but he's still ahead of schedule, even if he only played in 23 NHL games this season. And I see no reason for him not to be up on the top line for the Chicago Blackhawks at left wing to open up next season. I think the progression was there. I know he had a disappointing Calder Cup playoffs for the Ice Hawks, but he was also hindered by an injury there, which really sucks and also cost him an opportunity to play at the world championships. The improvements were noticeable there and the speed was so evident, the playmaking. I think he improved as a goal scorer and became more confident in his shot. Those little plays that he makes, those are what, Good top six players do, and Reichel flashed those things at 21 years old. So I don't see how anyone out there isn't stoked about Lucas Reichel after what we saw in those final 19 games. Personally, I'm going to give him an A for his performance, short performance for the Blackhawks in the 2022-2023 campaign. I thought the voting here on YouTube and Twitter was a little bit interesting, though. 64% of the voters on YouTube voted for a The second most popular choice, though, is actually a C for Lucas Reichel. 19% of the YouTube voters said that Lucas Reichel deserved the C, which I honestly don't agree with, but we're all entitled to our own opinion. That's why I think it's funny when on yesterday's episode, I dropped some trade packages and people are like, Flaming me in the comment section. I'm like, look, I'm I said on the show, I'm being an armchair GM. Some of these might not be very good. I'm not a general manager. People are like, this trade's absolutely horrible. I'm like, bro, this is what the offseason's for. Anyways, uh, 59% of the voters on Twitter said that Lucas Reichel deserved a B. 28% voted for an A. That was honestly the results that I was looking for. And If I'm being truthful, I I thought more of the fans out there would have given Lucas Reichel an A. I'm a little surprised by that, but again, to each their own, I'm personally giving Lucas Reichel an A for his performance this season. All right, don't go anywhere, Blackhawks fans, because coming up in just a moment, I still have to get into forward prospect Matthew Wood's 2023 NHL draft profile, and let me tell you, he is quite interesting. All right, before I wrap up today's show, still have to get into my latest 2023 NHL draft profile, as today I will be focusing on 18-year-old forward prospect Matthew Wood from the University of Connecticut. Kind of a a different path, maybe, than most of these top prospects that we see in uh, most of the NHL drafts. By the way, before I get into Matthew Wood, make sure to go and check out my past couple of of 2023 NHL Draft Profiles, as I've already broken down, Colby Barlow, Andrew Crystal, Ryan Leonard, and most recently, up until today, Gabe Perot, who has some Blackhawks ties as his father, Yannick, is currently a development coach for the organization. But getting into Matthew Wood, he is... Uh, for me, one of the most intriguing prospects here in the 2023 NHL draft. He's a six foot three, 195 pound forward, 18 years old, although spent most of this past season as a 17 year old because he has a February birthday, a right handed shot, played both center and forward so far in his career. But as I mentioned, kind of a little bit of a different path than most top prospects as Wood spent the 2021-2022 season playing for the Victoria Grizzlies of the BCHL, the British Columbia Hockey League, and he put up absolutely bananas numbers there as a rookie. 85 points, 45 goals, 40 assists in 46 games. Not only was he the leading rookie point scorer, But he was the leading scorer in the entire BCHL as a 16-year-old rookie. So that's really when Matthew Wood started to jump on the radar a little bit. And uh, interestingly enough, I thought this was very curious to hear as well. Matthew Wood passed up on opportunities to play in juniors this past season. He could have played for the Sioux Falls Stampede. I had to look at my notes there for a second could have played for the Sioux Falls Stampede of the USHL and also actually could have played for the Regina Pats of the WHL alongside, you know, generational talent Connor Bedard, but he actually elected to skip out on junior hockey in order to make the jump to the NCAA to go play college hockey at the University of Connecticut. And when he was asked why he made this choice, he said he thought it was the smartest thing for him to do to kind of mature and become more physical and to get stronger, to play against older competition rather than fellow junior hockey players. uh, He thought that was the wisest decision in terms of his development. And I got to give him a lot of credit. I don't know if I could have passed up the opportunity to go and play Um, you know, top line minutes with Connor Bedard for the Regina Pats. But that's exactly what Matthew Wood did. And it honestly ended up working out in his favor because he had a heck of a freshman year for the University of Connecticut. Huskies tallying 34 points, 11 goals and 23 assists in 35 games. And oh, yeah, by the way, he was the youngest player in the entire country. The youngest player in college hockey this past season was leading the UConn Huskies in points, was leading them in assists, a point-per-game player at 17 years old in the NCAA. Honestly, if it wasn't for Adam Fantilli and the numbers that he put up this year at the University of Michigan, we'd be hearing a lot more buzz around Matthew Wood's name for the kind of campaign that he had for the Huskies. He was marvelous and made the transition from the BCHL to the NCAA look seamless. And he also got an opportunity to play for... Team Canada's U18 club at the uh, World Juniors, where they ended up winning the bronze medal, put up really good numbers there, too, tallying seven goals and six assists for 13 points in just seven games. So a lot of productivity, a lot of uh, consistency here in Matthew Wood's game. And like I said, he made that jump to college hockey look effortless, was a dominant player, for the University of Connecticut this season. Getting him to the type of player that Wood is, though, he is a pure sniper. One of the best goal scorers, one of the best shots, one of the best releases in the entire draft. And when you watch his highlights, you often see that booming, powerful wrist shot that he possesses. He often overpowers goaltenders. Also has some really good pinpoint accuracy and a very quick release, kind of a sneaky good and sneaky quick release for a guy of his size. And that's usually how he scores a lot of his goals. If you go and watch Matthew Wood highlights a lot of curl and drag wristers, top shelf over the goalie's glove, he knows where to put the puck when he gets those opportunities. Uh, and, And honestly, well, you know, most scouts and analysts call him a pure goal scorer. I think he is a better playmaker than people give him credit for. I don't think he's ever going to be like a dish master at the NHL level and might not be like an, a 50 assist guy, but he does have really good vision and a high hockey IQ. He takes what he has in front of him is the one thing that I noticed. Maybe he's not threading needles and throwing beautiful stretch passes or making creative drop passes when he's entering the zone, but he recognizes the game really well. He understands and reads defenses. He knows when guys are open and he kind of just makes the easy plays and the plays that the defense gives him in front of him. So I do think he is a little bit better of a playmaker than some folks give him credit for. Uh, He also knows how already at, at 17 years old, 18 years old now, he knows how to use his body to his advantage in the offensive zone. He knows how to bang along the boards and use his bigger frame to kind of keep off some defenders. And I think his physical maturity, and I do think making the jump to college hockey did him favors this year because it's teaching him how to play like a goal scoring power forward, rather than, you know, just kind of, dominating with the skill in junior hockey. He he has to do it by being a physical brute at the NCAA level, and I thought he did that pretty well on the offensive side of things when the puck was on his stick. The biggest knock on Woods' game is the high-end skating ability. That's honestly really it. Um, truthfully, in my opinion, I don't think he's a terrible skater. He, he has some good edge work, and there have been some times where – Um, he recognizes the play ahead of him and is is shown he's capable of pulling up in the offensive zone, stopping on a dime and reading the play to make a pass to the trailer. And, um, when he's being, uh, pressed by a defender, he's capable of using his edges to spin off of them and create some separation and find some open space. So I do think he's a, a okay skater. The problem is the high end speed. It's just clearly not there. He's not the fastest skater. The acceleration isn't top level. Um, So that's kind of really the only knock on Matthew Woods game. Aside from that, uh, there aren't any glaring holes, a really gifted goal scorer, a good offensive playmaker, a guy who has good soft hands, a really quick release to go along with a powerful shot. And he's also got a solid compete level and a solid hustle. So there's a lot to like here with Matthew Wood. The interesting part about him is, all of these rankings. Another prospect who has a lot of disparity here in the rankings. Uh, Matthew Wood was ranked 10th by McKean Hockey, 11th by Craig Button, 14th by Bob McKenzie and Sportsnet, 16th by the Hockey News, 20th by the Daily Faceoff, 21st by Elite Prospects, and 33rd by Dauber Prospects. So most folks have him going somewhere between 10 and 20. Dauber Prospects, interestingly enough, has him going outside of the first round. I personally don't see that. Um, but it is going to be interesting to see where he does end up on draft day. Kind of like uh Gabe Perot, who I just broke down, there's a lot of mixed rankings. Here for Matthew Wood. But to kind of wrap things up, his strengths, he has an incredibly powerful shot and a very quick release to go along with his good size. He already knows how to play the game at a physical level. He's also been remarkably consistent throughout his career for the Victoria Grizzlies, sure, it's the BCHL, but as a rookie, absolutely lit it up and was the leading scorer there for Canada at the most recent world juniors, 13 points in seven games as a 17 year old freshman, the youngest player in college hockey for UConn. He was their leading scorer and was a point per game player. And I also believe I read somewhere that he didn't go more than two games without a single point and only had one game all year where he failed to record a shot on goal. So again, just making that transition to college hockey seem effortless and very easy, and his consistency is something to be high on as well. I also think he's physically mature with the way that he plays with the puck on his stick and also is a sneaky good stick handler. I don't know if he's ever going to be dancing through defenders or anything, but he is capable of carrying the puck through some tight areas and bouncing off defenders while keeping the puck on his stick. In terms of weaknesses, it's really just the acceleration. The high-end speed hasn't been there for Matthew Wood so far, but it usually does take the bigger guys a little bit longer to develop that process, as we saw with Tage Thompson and the Buffalo Sabres. Now that he's got the pace down, he's arguably one of the top players in the entire NHL. I would also say that defensively, I would like to see what, while he does care about the defensive side of things and he is a good back checker. I think he's, sometimes been caught just using his stick and not taking advantage of that six foot three six foot four frame that he provides I don't know if that's necessarily laziness or just being 17 years old breakdowns happen at that age but I'd like to see him be a little bit more rugged and physical with his body when he's on the forecheck when he's trying to get the puck back because he's shown that he's capable of doing that with the puck on his stick but now it's time to go and do that on the other end. The last thing I would say is maybe because of the high-end speed, he might not have the best playmaking skills, but I do think he has really good recognition, good vision, good hockey IQ. He sees and understands the defensive concepts and what defensemen are trying to do in front of him. So I don't really have a lot of knocks on Matthew Wood's game. And I'm really interested, honestly, to hear what you listeners have to think about Matthew Wood. Make sure to go and comment down below if you're still watching at this point in the video. Go comment down below what you think about forward prospect Matthew Wood and where he should go in the 2023 NHL draft. Personally, I think he should probably go somewhere between numbers 15 and 20. I think it's a situation where if he's available at number 19, I personally would, would make this pick. I, I think there's a lot to be intrigued by with Matthew Wood, but I honestly don't think the Blackhawks are going to be picking him. We've heard Chief Scout Mike Donahue say they've already crossed prospects off in their organization or off of their list who they don't believe are very good skaters. And that really seems to be the focal point from the draft mindset right now. The Blackhawks want to get faster. And I completely understand it. They've been one of the slowest teams in the league for far too long. And that ultimately might cost them any interest in Matthew Wood because he's just not a high-end skater at this point in time. But I do think if for some reason he falls into the late 20s, I think this is a guy who the Blackhawks, If they have interest in him, I'm not sure they do, but if they do, this could be a guy they trade up back into the first round to get, kind of let him go and develop a little bit more. He has to work on that skating, but there's a lot to like with Matthew Wood's game, and if he can pick up that acceleration and even just become a capable skater, uh, I really do think there's a good chance that he turns out to be uh, a top-six goal-scoring power forward that can play on the power play because of his shot. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast, and to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter, at Jack Bushman 2 or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.